Hey listeners, welcome back to Don't Forget Your Tell. This week is the final episode of Call of Cthulhu. Let's see what happens to our investigators, shall we? If there's any RPGs that you want us to play, please get in contact with us and, you know, give us a recommendation. We'd be more than happy to play it and see how it goes. Well, I won't keep you waiting. Let's get on to it. Previously on Don't Forget Your Tell. I get it now. This is all a dream. You don't have a gun. That isn't a door. I mean, give that yet. I'm like, uh, no, I, I do have a gun. I'm, now look, look, I'm gonna, whatever you do with this gun, like, like rattle a few things and shoot, aim at the chandelier and go. <laughs> ah, Jesus. You see what happened, Franny? Oh, it's my fault that Doris is insane? Uh, no, but it's your fault for taking the gun off me and letting her have it. Say, this shirt's got initials on it. It says RB written on it. RB. RB. Okay, it looks like these are all reviews of books that Bryce wrote. Robert Bryce. And so it is important to note that characterization takes on many different facets and cannot be defined. However, it seems to be that there are certain patterns that can be focused upon. For example, taking an age-old archetype of a character to start with and pushing that to its breaking point. Take the archetypes of the wise man, the criminal, the adventurer, the magician, or the jester frequently intertwined, and the quick-witted woman. I saw something, like a... There was a symbol. I was drawing a symbol. Uh, it looked like it was, um... It was like a... It was a question mark? It, well, it was three question marks. And then that man, the man was there. The one with no face. You find yourself facing a man sitting down. He's wearing what looks like a suit. Oh, by the way, um... His chest is gone. Hey, hey, we don't know if you, you might be behind some of this too. I don't know. No one else is strong enough to rip somebody open with their bare hands. I'm not strong enough to, you think I'm so- I don't know, well, we're not. Where have you been this whole time? You <laughs> I take my rifle out and I shoot it into the air. You all notice one other thing, except perhaps Doris for a few seconds. You realize that on her cheek, there's what looks like red tears. Suddenly another drop appears on her face and then <sighs> another drop. You look up and you realize that where Sybil shot, there is a small hole, barely visible, up in the ceiling. And from that, there is dripping some liquid. And oh, that liquid is red. Oh, God! What's the stuff oh. on, my, on my face? Oh, God! What did I, what did I do? And I run out of the room. I, I, I follow. All three of you, just straight up. Doris, as you're leaving, you feel some kind of something in your head saying, turn around. Just, like, turn around. On the mirror are words written from what looks like a red liquid, perhaps blood. It says very clearly in capitals the words, only one can find the truth. The monster is the blood on my head. What have I tried to get out but I can't? Okay, so we keep going. We don't see these words. We no. do not. You rush up the stairway. 
you turn left and then you run to what you believe is the uh, door that leads to the room mm. just above the storage room before. So tell me, are you going to open it or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Open it. I go in. Yeah, yeah we're like rushing in. Uh, so you open the door and you find that this leads to a large square bathroom with a shower, a bathtub, and a sink with metal fixtures. The sink is set into a tile counter. Uh, the floor is linoleum and the walls are tiled as well. These small, really nice tiles. Um, the light of the room is provided by some ceiling lights and the room itself is in, like painted in cold tones. Even the tiles are quite like dark blue kind of thing. Overall, it almost seems like, compared to all of the warm tones that you've seen so far, it seems like you're entering into a whole different world. Uh, the only other thing that you notice is the shower curtain is covering the bathtub itself. Um, but you can hear the dripping of a tap from behind the shower curtain. Oh god. Is this another illusion? I can't do it this time. Somebody else do it. Fine. I, I walk up to the shower curtain and I pull it back. At first you see nothing but the tiled uh, wall before you and you look down and you find a woman staring back at you, <laughs> fully clothed in the bathtub. The woman's eyes are glazed over and her throat seems to be cut, but also there with like a, there's a very clean cut in the middle of her chest, again opening it up and again you can see that the heart is missing. There is oh, one other thing that you notice, the fact that the eyes, the glazed eyes, the face with the glazed eyes looks at you and says suddenly, Will you do it? Ah, ah, oh God. Ah, ah. I, I take out my rifle and I point it at, at the woman. You find yourself pointing a rifle at a dead woman. <sighs> Roll me a sanity check, please. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, what do the two of you do? Whew, that's a pass. You lose two sanity. What is it? What are you... I lose two sanity. <laughs> yes. okay. What is it, Sybil? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a dead woman in the bath. I, I guess at least I, I didn't kill anyone, but... A woman? Yeah, there's a, a woman. There's a Where? woman. Come, come over here. Can't you see her? When you near the basin, indeed, you do see the woman dead. I'm not looking. Does Professor Wolf look? Yes. Wolfie, why don't you roll me that sanity? I fail. By two. Don't want to spend that luck. <laughs> That's one sanity loss. Look at you. Guys, the woman, the wise man, the criminal, the adventurer, the magician, or the jester frequently entwined in the quick-witted woman. Oh, wait, you think the archetypes are not us, but the, the people who are, who are dead? The magician and the jester frequently entwined would be the two people who were dead, who were, they were roped together. They were entwined right. on the rope. Of course. And this is the quick-witted woman in the bathtub. I don't know who the guy in the suit would be. I don't know if he'd be wise or a criminal. I don't know, but, or an adventurer, but, but it, it makes sense, right? Maybe that's not us? Yeah, but then why are we here? We're going to cut momentarily to good old Doris. So Doris, what are you doing while you lag behind? Um, so I looked back and I saw that it it said only one can find the truth, right? So at this point, like any mention of truth, I just really want to find out more about it. So I'm walking towards the mirror and I place my hand on the mirror. Awesome. Um, <laughs> 
you find yourself sitting on a couch. It's you can see you can hear the a fire crackling nearby, and you can barely see, but also feel these gentle hands massaging you. Um, you look down, your hands are gruff. Uh, they don't look like your hands. They seem older and also more worn, and perhaps most significantly, larger than yours. Um, you hear a female voice from behind talking to you. So actually, you you hear a voice coming from within you, and the voice says, "But how do I find it? This this place, this Carcosa that you speak of." And then the woman from behind says, "Too many open hearts will confuse the king and break the passage. But if it's only yours that is open to his embrace, you shall find yourself free from all shackles." You look around and you find yourself staring into your reflection, except. It's not your reflection. It's a reflection of a man with dark brown hair, gruff, a slight beard, unshaven, and these really like despondent-looking bags under the eyes kind of eyes. And you scream, <coughs> and you find yourself again in front of the mirror, facing yourself. The door is you know. I'm punching that mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually? Yes. Roll me luck. See if you damage yourself. Seven. So nope. You don't damage yourself somehow. <laughs> this drifter has an expert punching technique. <laughs> but you you still hear a voice coming from outside. You hear like a silent, melodic, almost in like almost a sing along of. What do you want me to do? Romeo, spot hidden, please. Nope. But I'm spending my luck. <laughs> uh, oh wait, that's like nine luck. Well, <laughs> wait, so nine. You can't take it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well spend it all. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you hear the voice coming from outside the room that you're you're in? Um, yeah, I'm getting my dagger out and running out there. The moment you come outside, you see the same hooded man in black. Um, just as he's like, you can't see his face, but you can see his shoulder and onwards. Just as he's basically going inside the door that you had opened, the mirror door, and you can see his hand just gesturing towards, like towards him, as he disappears into it. Hey, Mister, wait up! Wait up! So you three hear this very clearly. You hear Doris shouting, "Hey, Mister, wait up!" Uh, Doris? I oh, said sorry. she was in cahoots with whoever was here. I told you. Lock the doors! Whoa. Well, I run to the door to try and get it shut so that oh. doors can't come in, in here. Wait, 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 wait. We, we don't want to get locked in here. We, we, we want to lock them out. Help me. Professor, help me. I don't want to, I don't that want to stay. That just makes us sitting ducks. And I don't want to stay here any longer with this body. Okay, I, I swear. She said something to me. Wait, Sybil, check if she's holding anything, a, a letter like the guy before. Ugh. Okay, I go up to the body again. Do I see anything? Roll spot hidden, please. Yes, that is a... Oh, it's just a hard pass. You can barely see it, but jammed into her chest is what looks like a bit of white coming out. And it looks thick enough to be some kind of paper. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's something here. We'll get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get there, Franny. I look out the the door to see if Doris is coming or anything. Nothing. Okay, I 
steel myself and I kind of reach to the uh, the piece of paper without really looking at the body and pull it out. So it's a very small piece of paper, and it's it, it's clearly a part of a larger it's part of a larger part, uh, partly because the blood is stained uh, stained the piece of paper, so you can't actually see the whole thing mm-hmm. because it's an actual full piece of paper, but you can barely see it. However, you do make out some of the lines in there. For your benefit, uh, I'm just going to show you what it is, and you can decide what you want to do with it. This is exactly what's written in the piece of paper. Should I roll a sanity for that? (laughs) I think that's advisable. That is a pass. Take one sanity damage. Guys, something is not right here. Oh, well. And just on the cliffhanger, we're going to go back to... (laughs) We're going to move back to Doris. Um, So, Doris, do you run into it? Yeah. Because at the time I wasn't thinking, I was just like, I need to follow this guy because he keeps saying, well, I keep hearing like, do it and will you do it? And I'm like, just getting sick of it now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, You run through it and the coldness, the coldness overcomes you and you find yourself in what looks like a study, not the room you ran into, not the, the reflection that you ran into. Um, You find yourself in a study with... Uh, what looks like a study at least there's a lot of broken tables and chairs in the corners it's quite a large room um you see a small window bringing light from quite high above um some hanging lanterns a couple of sofas around a small coffee table there's a lot of chests chests and chests of things stuffed into it scattered all around and a lot of books around the whole area as well on the table there is a typewriter and um there are not a number of pieces of paper just strewn on the table as well what do you do? Uh, go over to the table and see if I can decipher anything that's on there. Do you look at the typewriter? Yeah, I guess so, whilst I'm scanning over things. This is what you see. So it's literally um, like it's literally been typed up. This is what it is. Okay, something, something really weird is is going on here i i don't know uh yeah tell us something we don't know yeah i, I know it's, what is it's it just, what did that letter say it's like he we're, we're in his novel that must be it we're just we're just characters you know we're, we're, we're characters in his novel that's that's what's going on oh god okay you're you're crazy you are crazy you're crazy and we're gonna die here that's where yeah. well, ah, I'm stuck here. I, I think you would be thinking that too if you saw what I read. I, I am the... not a character. Okay, okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Okay, you guys remember when we were in the room and I took the photograph and then I saw the bodies? You weren't yeah, there, but... You, you told me about it. Yeah. yeah, okay. So listen to this. The moment the camera left Sybil's eyes, she found her eyes drawn to the two figures hanging from the chains meant for lamps. Guys... She let out a shout that immediately caught the attention of the other two. He's he's watching us somehow. He's he's, he's all around, he's he can see us. He can see us. Oh my oh, oh my god. He can see, he he's a god. He's a god. He's a god. He's That's a ma- the only he's thing. He's making the the doors vanish and appear and He's a god. He's how, a god. How is he That's doing the this? only he's a god. He's he uh oh There's oh, only one god. Oh, oh. I, I don't know about and any of that. I don't believe he writes mystery novels. 
I mean, uh, he's just a shadow. He's a figure. He's a, he's not solid. He can, of course he can see everything. He's right here. He's here all around us. <laughs> and he wants us to do something. Uh, I'll do it. If I do it, do I, do, do I get out alive? Will you let me live if I do it? I don't know what you want me to do, but I, you want us to do something. You say only one of us can do it. I will do it. I will do it if I can get out just, alive. Just calm down. Okay, calm down. It's, uh, we don't know what's going on exactly, but he has some kind of powers or or he, he can create illusions or or at any rate he's he's watching us and he's he's killing people in the house while we're here and then and then leaving these sick little clues for us to find to what end what does he want us to do i don't know and where's doris gone well, well maybe we should go find her before she finds us maybe doris is already going to do it i have to do it first I run out of the room. Yep. And do you follow? Yes. Yeah. You come outside and you find an empty hallway. There's no one here. There's not. Nothing seems to have happened. The door is still wide open. Uh, the mirror door, I mean. And Doris is nowhere to be seen. Doris. Doris. Let's let's get those sheets. Go upstairs and get out of here. Oh, I thought the sheet was actually long enough. Who knows yeah. what's long enough or not long enough. We don't have time for that now. Let's let's go. Wait, if you already have a rope that you made, I don't see why we don't just climb down that. All right, let's, let's do that then. Better than standing around here and arguing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, come on. So you all run towards a room that you clearly remember to be... Uh, just, you go upstairs and then run down the hallway to the very last... Uh, the second to last room. Uh, meanwhile, let's cut to Doris again. Doris, what do you do? Okay, well, uh, I'm reading these papers, and seems very weird. This guy spending money, so much money. I never seen five figures in my life, and he used it to buy some book. I, I just don't get it. Uh, I guess I, I guess I should find the others because they might have a a better idea of what's going on. Yep. So what do you do, Doris? But first, I'm gonna look at the window and see if there's a way out there. Uh, it's at the very top, and it's quite high up for you. There's no ladders or anything of that sort. Do you have anything I'm, in mind? I'm quite agile, and I can climb. And there's lots of desks and chairs and couches around. Uh, so is your plan to basically put chairs on top of chairs? Yep, and kind of climb. Okay, you, you, you can go for that. Yes, you can try. Yeah. Could you... Oh my gosh, how, what do I, how many rolls would that be? <laughs> Uh, well, I guess, like, strength first to see if I can actually move the chairs. Yeah, go for it. Survival count with any of this? Like, I'm trying to get out and... That would be your next roll because of climbing. But I oh, have the a climbing climb, thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, nope, I don't have the strength. So, unfortunately, despite you trying to move the chests and the chairs, they're way too heavy for you. Oh, did you roll me spot hidden while you're at it? Yeah. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Doris? I'm still gonna climb it. I've got my dagger. Are you gonna push the roll? Spot hidden. No, no, no. Uh, are you gonna push strength to try to climb it? Ah. To try to like actually move them to climb it. Yeah. So I'm like this. So I tried just pushing it with my arms, but this time I'm just gonna try and kick it. So you should know that you have the possibility of breaking bones or otherwise. You know, like spraining yourself or doing something like that if you do try doing this? Doris don't care. <laughs> Go for it. 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> and I guess I I guess at this stage I should mention that I am still holding the dagger in my hand. Oh. <laughs> Okay, never mind the D4. <laughs> you accidentally, like, gash your leg and you shout out and, like... Dang, flab, nab it! <laughs> and take two damage. So, curiously, we jump back to the three of you. You do hear Doris's voice coming from the door before upstairs. Like, remember the door that opened up to stairway that went upstairs? Yes. You hear her voice coming from that stairway. Doris? I think we should go up there. Yeah, I guess I head over to the door where the staircase was. Um, once you reach the top, you notice that very, very recently, or at least re- recently enough, somebody has drawn the very same uh, three question mark sign on the top of the attic, uh, well, on the door, that opens to something on the top of the stairs. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like anything here. I don't, I don't like that. We should not go in there. Franny? Sybil? Doris? Doris? Is that you? I need some help. I'm badly hurt. Oh, God. Where, where are you? I'm over here. <laughs> I, I don't see you. I'll throw open the door with the symbol upon it. The moment you touch the doorknob to open the door, you suddenly get a glimpse of, uh, like, yourself walking towards a shelf of books. You're in what looks like the library that you were in before. You hear a grating noise from behind you, almost like some heavy thing is shutting. You look backwards behind you and you see another bookshelf and your attention is drawn to a particularly old looking book with letters in yellow that you cannot read. Um, And then... Would they look, say, similar to the sign? Yes, very similar to the colour of that What a coincidence! Um, And for some reason, a sense of relief and happiness kind of overcomes you, almost like this ecstatic joy, and then suddenly you you find yourself back in front of the door, opening it. I have a moment where I pause, I waver on the doorstep, then I fling open the door. You see, uh, you see Doris on the ground. Doris, how, what, what say you? Ah, my leg! (laughs) Doris, uh... Uh, I, I run over. I, are you okay? What happened? Oh, well, tried kicking this thing and then I stabbed myself and... Jeez, Doris. What are you doing? Can I roll for first aid? Yes. Ah, damn it. Wait, can I give advantage with that? Uh, I will allow it even though you're supposed to say in advance. Um, what, how are you helping? Because she, if she has a first aid kit, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have some stuff. Yeah, so then I'll like... You, if you can't figure out what to do, then I'll be like, no, you're supposed to do this and put this around. Sure, roll again. Okay, should I roll both? Or, like, uh, all three? Or just actually, the extra? Actually, that's a good point, just to roll the extra. Yeah, that works out. Yay! Sweet! Yes, that is now a uh, Normal, extreme... An extreme success. Yeah. So, in that case, you managed to put some... Somehow find some antiseptic, you know... Disinfect the wound. I, I have and... some, uh, yeah, I have some alcohol and uh, yeah, some gauze and some aspirin. And I've got a lighter well. if we need to cauterize the wound. You cauterize the gauze and put it on top of your. <laughs> <laughs> um, suffice to say, it, it wasn't a deep enough gash for you to stop you from walking, but it's a gash enough for you to kind of limp slightly. Once you're inside, you do notice, the three of you do notice, like, right next to Doris, there are some pieces of paper that she's been holding on to, as well as a bloody dagger. I will pick up the pieces of paper and have a look at them. If you 
Want to read them out as well, James, if you wish? Yeah. What does it say? When I was uh, opening this door, I saw something. I was uh, another man in another place in the, in the library. I think I might have been Mr. Bryce. There's a secret door in, in the library, and this is the check. This is the receipt for the check for $500 for the installation of a secret door. And I'd wager that's what leads down into the basement. Okay, well, oh my well God. we're not going there. Then there's a receipt for $20,000 for an old Holy. book. And a $20,000 book? Have you ever heard of a book that expensive? That costs and I've much got of a its house. name here. It's a name we've heard before. It says, I'm inspired. I'm finally inspired. With this, I shall regain my place amongst those who dare to insult my pedigree and talent as an artist as a writer. The King in Yellow was truly a well-worth item. Truly an inspiring tale like no other. Camilla agrees. She insists that I unmask myself and allow my inner thoughts to break free without any fear or restraint. I must keep at it. I must do it with its success. I shall find Carcassa. Carcassa? Car... What? Let me, mean, let me see that. Carcassonne in Car France? Carcosa. It's Carcosa. What is Carcosa? Well, I heard some old old men talking about it once. It didn't sound like something I wanted to get involved in. Uh, but there's something even weirder in here, guys. You have to look at it. Look at the typewriter. Uh, okay. Uh, I look towards look the, the typewriter. typewriter. Yeah, um... You look at the piece of paper on the typewriter and it says clearly, Doris did not expect the bullet to have any effect on the chandelier when she shot it. What occurred, however, was not what she ever expected to happen, though it was most definitely what should have happened given the circumstances. The sound of glass shattered against metal reverberated throughout the... and it cuts off. Doris, whoever's writing this knows. He knows what's happened. He's seen everything. It's not just... It's like I said, <laughs> with characters, it's, it's not just what happened, it's, it's, it's what's going on in our mind. Very calmly, I take the typewriter, and I throw it on the ground, and I start smashing it with my cane, and I start stomping on it, very calmly, very, very calmly, because he can't write this if he doesn't have a typewriter anymore, it's a perfectly logical solution. He's in our heads, he's in our heads. He's in our heads. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're thinking. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't, didn't mean, mean what, Franny? What are you sorry for? Anything. I don't know. He's in my head. He knows. He knows it all. Smash, 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 smash. He knows everything we're thinking. He knows everything we're thinking. Just think good things. Think good things. Think nice things. Think nice things. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. He's a good writer. I like his books. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I never read your books. I'm sorry I never read your books. Is that why I'm here? We're a big fan. We would love to. We would love to meet you. We'd love to meet you. Mr. Bryce. We're a big fan. Big fan. I'm sorry I didn't read your books. I will now. I love absurdist fiction. I do. I, I, I will get into it now. I will. I absolutely will. Despite your many and very vehement and very honest or otherwise panicked prayers and wishes, all that responds to you is silence. Should we be rolling for sanity, by the way, after seeing the typewriter thing? Oh, you did. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But not me, right? No, you've already seen it. Yeah. I fail! I think smashing the typewriter is part of my failure. Great. So I, that's a success. Yeah, success for me as well. You both take one sanity. I fail. That's two sanity damage. Suffice to say, your 
particular your particular insanities are getting to a point where they're about to burst. Well, that expresses itself immediately in the smashing of the typewriter as yeah. the manifestation of the target of my paranoia. But also, I should say that with this particular understanding of uh, and seeing this as uh, fills within you a sense of clarity. Perhaps clarity is the wrong word, but more so a sense of direction. You, you now you feel like you know what needs to be done, or at the very least, you want to just get it done, despite what or who may right. stand before you. I would like to march right out into the middle of the foyer, the main foyer, and I'm going to shout, "Come out, Mr. Robert Bryce!" Come out and get us whatever you want with us. Come out. And I, I take my rifle out in preparation. So you're the first one out of the attic. Who's going next? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a plan, so I'm sticking around. So you're the next one out? Am I? Because you're staying, are you? <laughs> I'm staying for a little bit longer. I, I didn't wasn't planning on leaving the attic either. I'm not sure. Roll me a... Ooh. Roll me a will, please. P-O-W, sorry. Oh. Oh, that is a, um, yeah, extreme success. Very determined to go out there and shout at Mr. Oh, Brett. yes. Why aren't you following? Uh, well, uh, like, so I, I'm assuming you're next to the typewriter, so I'm going to try and find the piece of paper that was in the typewriter, if there's still a bit of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a bit ripped, but it's still in one piece. Okay, so I'll take it out, and I find a pen. While you are fossicking down there, I draw my revolver and shoot you in the head. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, the time has come. You are too crazy. You are not a threat. You are the biggest threat. You are not in the room. You are the person. So, yeah, I had a theory about what was going on. You said... Please roll me her attack. Um, do I get advantage because she is kneeling down, fossicking through the broken pipe? You do. Rider. That's more I'm than so fair. I'm so sorry. Do I have my hobo instincts? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Your hobo instincts are currently focused on the typewriter. Uh, do I hear the shot? I'm not we'll find shot, out. So we'll... uh, yes, you most definitely do, but yes. That is a 30, which is a success. Right. So that is this one. Four. Plus. Just four for a. Just four. Point. How are you doing, Doris? Six. As in six leftover or six in total? I wasn't ten. Okay, was... six. So the bullet hits, because you're not a great shot, Professor Wolf, the bullet definitely hits her, but it doesn't hit her head. I, you, you're trembling too much for it to actually hit her head. That and it hits her, it hits her shoulder. You're pushed down from the force, but you manage your hobo instincts kick in and you manage to basically just kind of crawl like at least to a position where you're like able to get up if you need to. Um, everybody, the, the bullet just reverberates <laughs> through the whole house. You hear it, Sybil. You hear it, obviously, Franny. Uh, at the sound of the bullet, I am going to rush very purposefully towards it. So I assume back to yep, the room. Yep. Now, what I would like to know is when I come back into the room, my assumption is that Robert Bryce was the one shooting the bullet. So... When I come into the room and see the professor with his gun drawn, do I think that it's Robert Bryce or not? Well, that's up to you. Well, is there something I should roll for it? Uh, roll me power as well, in that case. I'm also probably going to start raving at this point. Yeah. So that will give you a pretty clear indication of my thought processes and what's going on. 
Uh, uh, I'll so, just hold off on that until we yeah. determine what's going on. Uh, that's a pass, just a normal pass. So you're definitely inclined to believe that it is Robert, but something stops you. What that is is up to you, but yeah. yes. Okay, so, so while I mean, you shoot me in the shoulder, if I'm like this, I kind of topple over, land on my back, and it's like take a second to process what happened and like you you shot me what the hell do you think you're doing we're trying to work three together more here needed. three more bodies only one can survive <gasps> only one three more bodies are required that's what it is this saying that's what this is about i grabbed my my shotgun and i pointed at him so as soon as i come into the room i uh i hold my rifle up going aha yeah i've got my dagger out holding my shoulder i i shoot him i shoot him you shoot him. i shoot him he said only one so it's not gonna be it's not gonna be him uh <laughs> so i shoot him please roll I think at this point it's fair to say we're in turn order. Okay, that's a seven uh, that I rolled. Oh wow! That sounds like a pass. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a pass. Where, what would that be under? That's uh, for oh, so it's for the shotgun, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, yeah, that is uh, that's a hard pass. Yeah. You now have no more bullets. Yeah. Uh, could you roll the damage as well? It should. How much is the damage? Uh, what's the range? It's close range. Close range. That's four d six. I'm so dead. Two hands for these. There we go. Oh boy. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. You definitely did. Uh, plus five. That's seventeen. With the force of a point blank shotgun blast from the person he was thinking of as the least dangerous, <laughs> not expecting this at all, the professor's mutilated corpse slams or what's left of it, slams into a wall and leaves a red streak down it. He was going to kill us all. He said, he said <laughs> only one could survive. Yeah. That was, that would mean all, all of us yeah. would be dead. Right. So I saved us. I saved us just now. Yeah, this did. is a good, good thing. You did. You this did. is a good thing. You did. Yeah, you he did. almost killed me. <laughs> okay. All right. But, okay. Look, okay, let's just take a second. Calm down. Are you okay, Doris? Uh, sure, I'm fine. Uh, Just, uh, right. He's not fine. Right. Okay. No, he's not uh, fine. He's not fine. Is this, is this, wait, this is good, right, Mr. Bryce? This is good? This is what you want? Are you, is this what you want? A silence falls around you as you realize what exactly you've done. The still body of Professor Frederick Wolf remains at his side. Somehow, nothing seems bitter. Um, oh my god. Oh my god, how am I going to explain this to the, to the university? What's happening? Oh my god, what a... Just calm we, down. We could, we could leave we, him here. Nobody needs to know that I, I shot him. That we could have to be... just get out of here. We oh have my to god. get out of here right oh now. It was, it, not was self, be nice. it was self-defense, Branny. It was self-defense. I'm and... Jewish. They don't care. What? You know you always wanted to do it. You wanted to be the one who survived. You said you'd do it. You said you'd do it. I did, but I... Uh, Can we hear this? Yes. But, uh, uh, but that was just, it was just self-defense. I, I... down, two to go. Don't do it, Franny. Uh, no, Franny, that, that's what he wants. Okay, we can't give him that. We're gonna, we gonna work together. We're gonna work together and we're gonna get out of here. Only one. Only one, Franny. You know what you need to do. 
crack open his ribs and remove his heart and then kill the others. Don't do it, Be Franny. Be a good girl, Franny. You don't even know who he is. Uh, I'm gripping my rifle, like, very strongly right now. So I'm going to break Tan Order for a moment and say that all three of you can do whatever you want immediately as long, unless you want to attack each other, in which case we're giving it a moment. What do you, the three of you do at this point? You're, you're faced with your own decisions, your mortality, your everything. You want to write a story? I'm going to write the story for you. Now, Franny, Franny, give me a pen. Give me your pen. Uh, um, Give okay. it to her in her eye. No, just, 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 just hand it over. Just hand it over normally. Strike now. Strike now. I, I toss the, just, just gently toss the pen, Dirk, so I don't have to touch Doris, just in case. I'm real suspicious now. By the way, all of you can roll sanity as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a pass. Uh, yeah, I pass. 97, nope, 97. <laughs> okay. Just the person we wanted to go and say. <laughs> that is a four. For me? Yes. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Suffice to say, you are panicked and terrified and you just want to get away, Franny. You just, you, you can't deal with what's happened. Like, you know what you, you feel like you know what you have to do and the voice keeps echoing in your head, but you can't deal with it at the moment. I take the shotgun and I shoot myself. Wait, you don't have shots? You don't have shots? Oh yeah, she doesn't have bullets. No, oh, and nothing happens because there was no bullets in it. And in your head, you hear. Oh god. Franny! 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 Okay. Franny! She wants to be put out of her misery, Doris. Won't you no, help her? I'm not doing anything. With that, a sudden silence falls for a moment. You're suddenly left with the whimpering cries of Franny while Doris is just repeating something to herself. I'm going to write the story. I'm going to write the story. What are you trying to do, Doris? Do tell. Um, I'm getting that piece of paper from the typewriter and I've got the pen from Franny and I'm finishing the story in the way that I wanted to finish. Unfortunately, as you write, you realize that no ink seems to flow from the pen to the paper. Dang, Pant, why is... You're a librarian, Franny, why is this not working? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would like to leave the room. I am going to just, like, storm out, and I want to go search every room in this house for Robert Bryce. Stab her in the back as she leaves, Doris. I'm not stabbing anybody, strange man. <laughs> You all here alongside this again. Do it. Will you do it? Coming from downstairs. Uh, which, wait, so where are we right now? You're, well, you just exited the room. You're at the third floor corridor. Okay. And are there any doors on this level that we haven't tried yet? I believe there are none. You actually, we never actually went back in to check the rope. And also, you now know about how to get into the basement. Uh, all right. So I take, I still actually have my knife. I take my knife and I attempt to cut the heart out from um, the, oh. the professor. <laughs> As you do for a moment, 
Franny, finally, I suppose, a sense of calm washes over you. It's almost like this is what you were supposed to be doing. And you, 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 in your head, you see glimpses of the library. You see glimpses of a particularly old book. And it seems to be calling for you. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am heading to the library. And I'm going to look for the hidden door. Yep. I should say that Franny very easily gets at Professor Wolf's heart. I, I uh, head out the door following Sybil. What are you doing, Doris? I mean, I was, I'm still kind of stuck there, I guess. I, I don't really know what to do now. Pick up the revolver. Keep it down, man. <laughs> 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 this is like... I, I love how um, Doris's solipsism is basically helping her get through this. She's yeah. like, nothing is real, guys. <laughs> yeah, so, Franny, you're running downwards as well, right? So yes. I, so I think you're not far behind Sybil. Sybil, could you roll me spot hidden? Yes. You, you do get to the library and you're looking around. You're frantically searching. That is a fail. Did you want to push it? Yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. That's a fail. <laughs> Nothing particularly bad happens to you, Sybil, but you do trip uh, over what looks like a couple of like a like a, a pile of books, and oh. you give out a shout, um, instantly notifying anyone in the room that where you are, if, if they are indeed searching for you. She's over there. So I I run towards Sybil's voice. Uh, yeah. I, I scramble up and get my rifle out. What are you doing? I'm trying to find the door. That's where he is. That's where we're going to find him. Okay. I, I hold up the heart. Then my, my bloody hand. Um, oh. I, uh, I have a... I, uh, have, I have the heart. Uh, okay. He wants the heart. I have the heart. This is good. Uh, right. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, Doris, you hear shuffles from downstairs, but nothing more. Um, I want to try and see if there's like a, anything in the walls, like a soft, like a hollow thing in the wall or something where... Like this guy could be talking from, <laughs> so I'll just like I'll just keep talking to him, and be like, "Hey, what what's your name, sir?" The voice, <laughs> the voice, more and more seems to be coming from outside of the room, echoing oh, through. Okay, I'm out here. That's no good to me. I can't get up there. Doris. Oh, oh well, I guess I'll follow the the shuffles and see what these two are up to. Take the revolver. I'm not taking the revolver. Are you sure? Oh, fine. I'll take the revolver. <laughs> I feel like I could be wrong, but forgetting what the voice is saying, would Doris not want to protect herself? Yeah, yeah I guess so. Uh, if I'm wrong, then do, do say so. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you can take my walking stick, which could be useful since you've got a um, oh, yeah, bang that yeah, yeah. I'll take both. Uh, okay, uh, the, maybe you could just put that away somewhere, you know, for, for safekeeping. I put it in my bra. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, well, not inappropriate, I suppose. Okay, right. Okay, uh, I would like to look again at the receipts. Uh, what are you doing, um, Franny? I'm kind of just standing there and shaking. Can I, I want to like feel around the whole room and like pull books out and stuff to see if I can unlock the trapdoor. And are you helping or what are you doing essentially? I am, uh, sure. 
Yep, that's what I'll do. Um, so you, sorry, you're looking for trap doors? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking for the secret door. Uh, I, I can't see it exactly, but it's it's in here. It's in this room somewhere. We we just need to find it. Maybe it's a you know one of those things where you pull a book and it opens. Yes, books. Uh huh. And I go towards the bookshelf and I start uh, pulling books out of the 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 thing. Yep. Um I I start with the occult section. Ah. Okay. Uh, could you roll me spot hidden as well, both of you? Again. Fanny can do that at an advantage. Is my do I have a library advantage? Or uh, oh no, with an advantage. Yeah. I don't think I need it. I got a critical. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you very quickly find yourself drawn, Fanny, to a particularly old-looking book with this brown leather-looking cover, um, with yellow words inscribed upon the leather. You can't read it, but do you do you pick it up or do you take it? Yes, or? I I take it. I pick it up. When you pull it back it seems to be attached to something but indeed you hear some mechanical grinding and suddenly the shelf before you swings open revealing a passageway going downwards the staircase Hey, you found it, Franny. Yeah. Okay. Nice work. It's at this point that Doris also enters the library and hears that sound. Well, what was that? But, uh, Franny? I hold my rifle simple? up. Oh. Can put the gun down. It's nothing nothing to worry oh, about. Just you. Actually, at the moment where she turns around, I'm going to try and, rather than do words in your head, project the image that she's spinning around to shoot you. Just in case that that triggers off like an instinctive... Like, whoa! Roll me will to see, I mean, uh, power to see how well you do to this. Um, yep, it's a pass. You see Sybil turning around with her gun aimed at you, a bloodlust blazing in her eyes. She's going to be the one that lives. It'll be her standing over your body, ripping apart your rib cage, fossicking in your corpse for your heart. So you do indeed see this, but perhaps it's the fact that you can hear the voice within your head, or perhaps it's the fact that it's a, such a sudden change, or you you don't really know why, but you manage to, you do raise your gun to, are you holding a gun? Um, it's in my pocket. Um, you do try to defend yourself and do something, but then freeze when you realize, perhaps this isn't real? And when she raises her gun, I'll shoot the same image at you. Oh, so do I roll power as well? Yes. That's a pass. So you do notice uh, Franny and Sybil when you open the door. There is a bit of uh, there's a piece of paper on the ground as well that seemed to get dislodged by the um, the revolving door. It's it's written in the same sort of type as the previous two notes, and it says, "Professor Frederick Wolf was the first to wake, closely followed by three others: Sybil Vallier." Franny Silverman and Doris Plum, in that order. They were unaware of where they were or why they were there. They would soon find out that the fates that awaited them were not to be trifled with. Where are we? Wolf was the first to shout out, his loud voice echoing through the room, removing any leftover sensations of disorientation that they may have had. They were now awake, awake and confused. Well, I mean, we, we already know he's seeing inside our minds, so... Let's just keep going. Yeah. You walk down tentatively, as, as do you, Doris, I imagine? And you come across another door, on this door as before, but this time etched into the very wood and painted atop is, is the symbol, the sigil that you have so far seen, the three question marks, if you will. The door is ajar, certainly, but you, you hear a fire crackling from inside. There's light coming out. I uh, nudge the door open with my rifle, kind of peering over her shoulder. 
You walk into the room. It's dark, musty, calling forth an evil beyond comprehension. Inside there stand seven pedestals, each with something on it, veiled by a crimson cloth. The pedestals stand circular around a still, kneeling figure. Blood pools around him. Roll sanity. Three. You do not take any sanity damage, uh, Doris, but you do puke. Oh, God. It's happening. It's coming through. Who? Who is it? Who's that? Who is there? Who, uh, huh? Bryce! Is that you? No response comes. Is he dead? You notice on the far opposite side of the room, there is a, what looks like a, basically carved upon the very stone wall, like the shape of an arch, a shape of a doorway, within which is again the shape of the three question marks in yellow. Is that, is that man, man alive? Uh, I, I, I walk right up to him and I poke him with my rifle. He does not move once you go to the opposite side because he's not facing you you realize that before him is what looks like a book a journal of sorts um it's covered in a lot of blood but it is definitely there his hands have have essentially are attached to his ribcage that has been pried open it looks like for all intents and purposes he pried open his own ribcage and you can see Uh. there in his right hand a still heart clasped tightly Uh. How is that possible? I, I also go around so to see as well. Bryce? The face of the man is indeed the man that you saw in your visions and your in, in mirrors and other sorts of things. This man, this dark-haired, around 30s man, is certainly the individual that you think, at the very least, is known as Robert Bryce. Is his body also freshly dead? Yes. Well, I mean, it's been around an hour or so, you guys moving around, but that freshly dead, yes. I don't understand. He's dead? He's a ghost? Who who was talking to us all this time? Right? How was he doing this? How was he killing all these people if he's already dead? Unless he's some kind of magical novelist and he, he just wrote everything down and then it just came true. I mean, I mean, anything's possible at this point, right? But why would you write your own death? Because he wanted to die? I don't know. He's insane. Uh, Roll me spot hidden, please. No. Fail. Nah. Um, I'm going to push that. So my justification is that I will stand in looking at the back of the body and then I'm going over to the other side and getting a look. Yep, I definitely see something there. (laughs) Critical success. Doris, you notice two things. First of all, you notice that there is the leather-bound book that is in front of Bryce. And the second thing that you notice is out of the seven pillars, all, all of them are covered with this, this small like handkerchief-like red crimson cloth. Uh, four of them have something underneath. Uh-oh. And three of them do not. Uh, hey, Franny, you still got that heart? Uh, here we go. I pull the heart out of my bra. <laughs> my whole front is, of course, stained red with blood at this point. Um, and I, I put it under the thingy. Yep. I put it under under one of them. Cool. Huh. Uh, what what's huh. that that book over there? Can I I'm gonna go over and pick it up without making eye contact, I guess. Yeah, so you open the book, 
Um, and the first page says, Untitled, by Robert Bryce. The first page reads, Professor Frederick Wolfe was the first to awaken, closely followed by three others, Sybil Vallier, Franny Silverman, and Doris Plum, in that order. And it goes on, Doris, it goes on to describe all of the things that you've done in this particular time. Um, I flick to the last page. So the last thing that's written is essentially, they walked into the room beneath the mansion. It was dark, musty, calling forth an evil beyond their comprehension. There stood seven pedestals, each with something on it veiled by crimson cloth. The pedestals stood circular around a still kneeling figure. Blood pooled around him. This was Robert Bryce. One of them puked, seeing this. There in the far corner was the gate, the gate to Carcosa. Will you do it? Question mark, and then that ends. He knew exactly what we were going to do. Will you do Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the book from uh, Doris's hands, and you said there's a fire. Yeah, well, I said there was a sound of a fire. <sighs> there's no fire. No, it's just the lamps that actually have flames uh, uh, in them. Uh, I've got a lighter. Okay, we're gonna burn this book. You still got some alcohol there? Yeah, I sure do. So I'm gonna open up my my bottle and just pour it all on. Um. So I should mention that the book is. Uh, bound in leather and it's just relatively fresh leather and it's covered in blood but it does because of the lighter fluid it does start lighting um could you all roll me luck please um yep i pass pass i failed you failed um civil valier you notice that your right leg suddenly lights on fire Ah! 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 Oh my god! Oh! Oh! Ah! ah. Okay. Somebody have yeah. something! I've got ah. a canteen, I've got a canteen. I'll throw the water on. Uh, oh, I have a On scarf. what? On a leg. I try and pat it out with my scarf. Nothing you do seems to be working. Uh, I, I roll down Stop, on the floor. Stop, drop, and roll! I Stop, drop, and roll! Uh, could the two of you roll luck as Thrashing well? about okay. on the floor. Oh. Pass. That is a oh, 71. Yep, it's a pass. So did either one of you get critical passes or? No, just a regular pass. Total's 56 and I rolled 22. Hard pass. Um, Franny, suddenly you find that your legs start ca- catches on fire as well. <gasps> oh my god, what's happening? All your life you've traveled. All your life you've explored. No, don't you no, don't let it be places? me. No. Don't you want to see I what I grab my knife and I try to start no. sawing at my legs, trying to cut them off. Do you actually? <laughs> yes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so, could you roll me power to see if you can actually get to go with this? Uh, DM, I don't know if uh, you'll allow this since I'm rolling on the floor with my leg burning, but I would like to try to roll over and shoot Doris. Could you roll to shoot and could you... You suddenly realize that you're on fire as well as the book carries on to uh, carries on burning. Oh my god! Uh, yep, I, I, yes, I pass that. Oh boy! Yes. So, Franny, yes, you managed to start cutting through your leg. Um, <laughs> just, just as you get to the bone, you realize that the fire has started spreading further up as well. How further up is it? Sorry. So where did you start cutting? Maybe I I was cutting off at the knee. Let's go with that. So now it's reached like your thigh as well. Okay, so I start cutting my thigh instead. Could you all roll me ideas, please? Idea rolls. Um, By the way, I succeeded on my rifle shot. Oh boy, how much damage did you do? Oh, uh... 
Nine plus four. Uh, that's 13 damage. So the shot rings throughout the air and it hits Doris right in the chest. There's a silent, just like a muffled gasp, and Doris just falls down onto the ground, dead. Sybil, the great explorer. There's one land left. And look, she's even making it easy for you. Could you both roll me idea, please? Okay, that's a pass, 24. Let's say um, it's even, it's under the halfway point. Nice. Mine's a regular pass. So you both notice that as the fire spreads to the rest of the book, the fire is spreading throughout you as well. As as the book, yeah. Yeah, no, I did notice that. (laughs) I think what I... (sighs) Okay, so I... um, Okay, so I I, I grab my scarf and I, um, am I in reach of the book at this point? Yes. Okay, so I, I, I go, I grab my scarf and I smother the flames of the book with my scarf, or I try to. Yes. I, I would also like to go over to the book and I'm gonna take out my water pouch and I'm gonna empty it onto the Oh, book. okay. In that case, definitely the fire goes out and suddenly you find both of yourselves, well, Franny, you're bleeding profusely, but otherwise you're both not on fire. <sighs> Franny, you take five damage. Okay, so I'm on 10. And you will keep taking damage if you don't do something to your leg. Okay. Uh, 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 oh, God. Uh, okay. I, um, I, I... Put her out of her misery. It would be the kind thing to do. That's what you want, Robert. What do you want? Sybil! No. Sybil! No, it's, it's not. Sybil! Sybil, do you have any of that alcohol? Drink the alcohol, Sybil. No! Sybil! Sybil! Sybil, my leg! My leg, Sybil! Okay, I, uh, I, I rip off a piece of my shirt and I go and tie a bandage around uh, Franny's leg. Should I roll a yes. first aid? That's a, that's a pass. Yeah, you managed to, for the moment, at least stop the bleeding. Um, <gasps> it doesn't really heal in any way, but stop the bleeding. Can, can you walk, Franny? Uh, uh, no, no. Oh God! I can. If he can you support me, I can. I can hop him. I got one leg. This leg, my leg. Okay, the other leg I, is fine. I, I heave Franny up onto my shoulder and like hold her, uh, and uh, I I lead us over towards the gate. What do you do in the gate? Well, it's not really a gate as much as just an etching of a gate. Um, do you touch it? It's not open yet. The door's not open, but you can open it. You can open it, Sybil. You know Two what you have hearts. to do. Two hearts. Can I just clarify that there are, so there are four pedestals that did not have hearts on it. and well, now, now there are three. Now there are only two, three. Yes. Now so there, there are only two. There were three pedestals that did not have anything in on it. And right. then... Uh, Franny put one of the hearts. Yeah. Franny put Professor Wolf's heart. And, and now there can are two. I also clarify that Robert Bryce is holding his heart? Yes. I think I have an idea, Franny. Just uh, let me let me set you down for one second. And I, I carefully put Franny onto the floor. I steal myself and I go into over to Doris's body and Look, I over there on the floor. It's the revolver. Why don't you take it, Franny? Could you both roll me will, please? Defend yourself. You need it to defend yourself. She's strong. She can kill you and take your heart. I grab the revolver. What did you roll? What was I rolling? Uh, you were rolling will power. Power? power? 
to try to get the heart? Power to try to stop the voices in your oh, mind. Oh, okay. Um, that is a hard pass. So, Sybil, unfortunately, you managed to kind of repeat some kind of mantra to yourself just to keep yourself focused. This is a mantra you used to uh, repeat to yourself when in danger in your expeditions. It's, it's, it's drilled into you. It's, it's as part of you as anything else that is a part of you, really. Franny, on the other hand, is not as blessed. What would Kingsley do? What would Kingsley do? I told you to drink the alcohol. Franny, on the other hand, suffice to say, the voices are sounding mighty pleasantly convincing at the moment. I, I go. I grab the revolver. Uh, do I? Do I hear this, or am I too preoccupied trying to get the heart? Roll me luck, please. Yeah. Oh, that's a pass. You do somehow hear the sound of like clicking from the rifle being shakenly hold, held. I, I whip around. Franny, Franny, no, don't do it. I, I think I got a way to get us both out of here. Okay, you just gotta hold on a little bit longer. I know you're strong, Franny. I know you're strong. Y you can resist. We don't have to die. She's wrong, Franny. Do it, Franny. Just, just, you can keep the revolver, but just put the gun down. Um, I need to keep it. I need to keep it. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can keep, keep it. it. Just, I need to just keep it, you know, in your back pocket or something. Or keep it with the safety on, yeah? Uh, okay, safety on. Right. Safety on. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see you put safety the safety on. on. Uh, safety Safety on. Safety. Safety's on. Safety on. Safety on. Okay, would safety you shut on. up, Bryce? Safety on. Safety on. Safety on. Safety. 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 Safety on. Safety on. Safety on. Okay, the safety's on. Safety on. The safety's on, safety so we're fine. Safety on. Yeah? Okay, now I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to trust you. Okay, Franny, I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to get Doris's heart, and then I'm going to get Bryce's heart. And that's two hearts that we need to complete the equation. Okay? That means we can both get out of here. Okay? Two hearts. Two hearts. Two hearts. Yeah, two neither hearts. of them are us. Two hearts. Yeah, I'm going to turn two around hearts. now, Franny. And I'm going to get Doris's heart. And I'm going to trust you. Okay? Can I trust you, Franny? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Safety on. Safety on. Safety's on. Safety on. Yeah. Safety on. Safety um, on. You see... The portals start to light up. The gates start to make some interesting technicolor images. And all your life you've told yourself that it's just something illusionary. You must have imagined it. But that buzz is the sound of that giant insect you saw. <laughs> The bug is here. It's the bug. The okay, bug Franny, Franny, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the heart. It's not gonna be too much longer, okay? It's the bug. What was it eating? What was it eating? What was it eating? Grab, grab the heart from eating? Doris. Yeah, and then uh, I. Oh, you need to cut her open. Ah, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Franny, do you still have that knife? Ew, what was it eating? What was it eating? Uh, I, I go over to Franny. Can I see the knife on it? <laughs> Franny, where is the knife? Um, it I kind of dropped it generally 
around me after I stop cutting into myself. And so it's oh, so it's, it's just nearby. Yeah, okay. nearby. And this is where Bryce is going to play. I think this is pretty much Bryce's last trick that he's got, which is he is going to project the insect coming towards oh, you no. now. <laughs> I, I try to shoot the insect. Roll me power on disadvantage first. Uh, highest was 30. Or do you mean like, do you mean lowest highest or? What were the two numbers? Uh, 30 and 10. Oh, that's too fast either way. You managed to realize that not as not everything is as it seems and in fact the like you can you have it within you to ignore this creature this bug this thing nope it's not there it isn't there it never was there it never existed it wasn't there it's not there now it never was there that's my friend it's not there it's not there it's not there there's no bug there's no giant bug there's no thing I grab Franny's knife and I cut into Doris's chest I keep cutting, I keep cutting deep until I get below her ribcage, till I see her heart, and I reach my hands in, and I pull with all my might. Oh boy, um, could you roll me will as well, please? Will. Power? In advantage, because I feel like... Advantage? Uh, yeah, that's a pass. A pass, yes, you managed to cut out her heart. Okay, okay, I've got her heart. I run over to Bryce, and I grab his heart that he is holding. And then I put the two hearts on the two pedestals. Suddenly, apart from Franny's shouts of pain, everything goes quiet. A quietness that is unlike anything else. It is not a quietness that drills into you, that almost attacks you, but rather a quietness that leaves you wanting something. It, it leaves you with nothing. And you hear a loud buzzing coming from, uh, from the walls. Not similar to the buzzing you saw before. This is more of a atonal buzzing. You can't put your finger onto it. It seems to be coming from everywhere, as well as within you, outside and inside. And suddenly the yellow sigil, the yellow marks of the door, the drawings of the door starts glowing and the yellow of the sigil seems to overflow from its symbol and kind of encompass the whole of the doorway until you'll, you, you essentially see what looks like a bright yellow arched door. Okay, it worked. It worked, friend, it worked. This is it. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> it's okay. 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 Uh, come on. I, I help Franny up again and, and let her lean on me so she can limp over. And we limp over to the mm. now glowing gate. Mm. Yep. And uh, is it... So it's just glowing, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I guess I push my hand against it. Your hand goes through the door. You ready for this, Franny? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I don't know what's gonna be on the other side, but <laughs> gotta believe, right? <laughs> uh huh. Okay, we got each other. Y- yeah. Okay. Uh, I kind of caring for any. I I walk through. You find yourself enveloped with this sense of darkness. You can't see anything, but not just seeing, but you can't smell, hear, or feel anything. It's almost like you're in nothingness, pure nothingness. And then suddenly your feet feel something hard, and you find yourself somewhere else. Somewhere else, because words are lost to you. You cannot 
despite seeing, hearing, and feeling where you are, you cannot describe it. All you can see around you is this ethereal uh, environment. You see yourselves upon what looks like somewhere different. You look up into the sky and see a sky of light with black stars. You see twin suns lighting the area around you, one dark red and the other one like a dying, crying child. You see the craggled rocks all around you, unlike anything you've seen before, and the wind scorches against you. This is not anything you have ever seen before. Before your two legs, just in front of you, you see one last thing that aches with familiarity. The only thing in this land of unfamiliarness that says anything to you, anything that you can actually comprehend. It looks like a bunch of papers stapled together or essentially bound together with string. I walk over and I pick up the paper and I'm, you know, we're leaning against each other so I see it too. Yeah. The Yellow Mansion. A D-F-Y-T play. Act, Act one, one, scene one. one. Aaron O'Flaherty, Isabel Cohen, James Dunning, and Michaela Cornelius enter the brightly lit room. The keeper lets the others speak for a while, letting them be comfortable. The keeper. So, shall we begin? The four nod in excitement, unaware of what fates will befall them. The keeper smiles knowing not what he is about to begin. The Keeper, you wake up. You're in an otherwise decrepit room. I, I don't understand. And with that, we end. Yeah. We survived! <laughs> yes. I'm surprised! Did you know? Well, we stepped into the the real reality. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable. I <laughs> went to Cthulhu's world. <laughs> Hello, listeners. It's Future Azul again. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, follow, and, well, message us on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Tower Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast, or you can email us for a good old-fashioned chat at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please drop by and give us a five-star review or a comment. It means a lot to us and it keeps us on air so that we can actually reach a larger audience and get more listeners. Thank you so, so much. And don't forget, keep your towels at the ready.